0: Another hero, fully as famous as Theseus, was named Oedipus. He lived in Thebes, and just outside of Thebes was a monster quite as horrible as the Minotaur. It was called the Sphinx. It had a woman's head and a lion's body. It lay on a high rock beside the road, and whenever it caught sight of a traveler, it did not come out for a fair fight, but gave him a riddle. And if he could not guess it, then the creature sprang down upon him and devoured him. The riddle was, What animal is that which in the morning goes on four feet, at noon upon two, and in the evening upon three? No one had ever guessed it, but when Oedipus heard it he answered quietly, Man, who in childhood creeps on hands and knees, in manhood walks erect, and in old age walks with the aid of a staff. The Sphinx was so angry because the riddle had been guessed that it threw itself down from the rock and perished. Perhaps the most famous of all the Grecian heroes was Heracles, who began to be a hero when he was only a baby of eight months. Two fierce serpents were sent by one of the goddesses to destroy him, but the baby stretched his little arms over the sides of his cradle, seized a snake in each hand, and so squeezed them to death. That was enough to make a legend of, but it was only the smallest of this hero's exploits. One day a command came to him from Zeus, Go to King Eurystheus and for twelve years obey whatever orders he may give you. Now Eurystheus was an enemy of Heracles, and even so stout-hearted a hero might well have trembled at being in his power for twelve long years. Heracles, however, set out boldly for the kingdom of Eurystheus. He was well-armed, for he was a favorite with the gods, and several of them had given him presents. Apollo had sent him a bow, and Hermes a sword. Hephaestus, the lame god who could make all sorts of wonderful things of metal, had made him a golden breastplate. Poseidon, ruler of the ocean world, had given him a pair of horses, and Athene, goddess of wisdom and the most skillful weaver in the world, had woven him a robe. He soon reached Mycenae and told King Eurystheus that he was ready to obey his will. Eurystheus knew that his kingdom belonged of right to Heracles, and he sent him on the most dangerous adventures he could hear of, hoping that on some one of them he would be slain. First of all, he said, ''Go out into the Nemean forest and kill the monstrous lion that is ravaging my country.'' Heracles set out for the forest and soon returned with the skin of the lion on his shoulders. The king was so astonished to find that he had such strength, and so afraid Heracles would use it against him, that he had a little room dug underground for a refuge, and covered the walls with heavy plates of brass. He sent Heracles on other adventures, thinking each time that he had seen the last of him. And when the people began to cry, The hero is coming, King Eurystheus! Heracles is almost here! The frightened monarch would slip away to hide in his underground chamber. Twelve exploits or labors, he demanded of Heracles, but at last they were completed. "'The hero had captured a stag with golden horns, a savage boar, and a furious wild bull, "'and dragged them to the gates of Mycenae. "'He had killed all sorts of monsters, one with six legs and another with nine heads, "'every one of which had a way of growing out double if anyone cut it off. "'And he had brought up from the underworld a three-headed dog with a dragon tail.' To say nothing of such feats as killing a flock of savage birds that ate men and beasts, overcoming the old man of the sea, and holding up the sky for a while that Atlas, whose business this was, might bring him some golden apples from the garden of the Hesperides. Surely he well earned the reward given him by Zeus to be carried to the heavens and placed among the gods. Eurystheus pursued the children of Heracles and drove them out of the kingdom. He even made war upon Athens because that city had received them. He was slain in this war, and then the kingdom belonged to Hillus, eldest son of Heracles, that is, it would belong to him if he could take it. It seemed as if there would have to be a great deal of hard fighting before the matter was settled. But finally both sides agreed that Hillis and the champion among his enemies should meet in single combat. If Hillus won, he was to have the kingdom." but if the champion won, Hillas and his friends must wait for a hundred years before trying again to seize the crown. All the men on both sides stood watching eagerly, but soon the sons of Heracles were sad enough, for Hillis was slain. They kept their promise, and neither they nor their children nor their grandchildren made any attempt to seize the kingdom. At last, however, the hundred years had come to an end, and the three great-great-grandsons of Heracles, or the Heraclidae, as they were called, set out with their friends to regain the lands that belonged to their family. This time they were successful, and their expedition is called The Return of the Heraclidae. Summary In early Greece, many questions of children were answered by stories. Some of the stories were The Home of the King of the Gods, Phaethon and the Chariot of the Sun God, The Cyclopean Walls, Deucalion and Pyrrha, Theseus and the Minotaur, Europa and the White Bull, Oedipus and the Sphinx, Heracles and his twelve labors.